very definite mark upon me. Some very great and wonderful things that have happened at camp. Uh, there have been some things that have not been so pleasant. The weather sometimes is hot, sometimes it's muggy, sometimes it rain. You know, we've had some rain times which you, we had to pull cars out that were stuck and everything. But uh, such a great time. Now, for the Sunday, we'll start the tape. And uh, what I'd like to do is reread just the first part of Joel 2.25. And I'll not read any more of it this time. Later on, I will be. And I will restore to you the years. I will restore to you the years. And I want to speak on the subject, I will restore. We had such a great time in Sunday school this morning. Such a great move of the Lord. Just a great move of the Lord. I'll tell you, these restoration is occurring to the household of faith. There is no doubt about it. And, and it was prophesied in the Bible, and, and, and naturally, uh, we would be very, very foolish not to believe scripture. And these are the last days. So we see that, that, that prophecy is indeed being fulfilled. Every time I turn around, I, I just, I, 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 I'm getting so many phone calls from pastors and various ones that I just kind of bump into. They said, you can't believe what happened in our church this past week. I just talked with uh, Brother uh, Bollinger down in Des Moines at Brother Williams' church, and he was just telling me. He's so excited where Sister Valerie uh, is from, of what God has been doing there in this church. Then I was at Brother Butcher's church, and I don't recall now what I heard about Pentecost Sunday, but they, they had a great move of the Lord, and, and, and quite a few people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. On Pentecost Sunday. And throughout our fellowship, I think in Oak Creek on Pentecost Sunday, they had 123, I think it was, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't know how many in our district. And right now, <clears throat> we still don't have a total on how many here, uh, stateside, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We know uh, with, with only... <clears throat> What, 17% of our churches, I think that's how many that has reported. That's not very very good. But uh, we know that there's been over 10,000 people receive the Holy Ghost from Easter Sunday to Pentecost Sunday, just with 17% of our churches reporting. So we were after 10,000 on Pentecost Sunday. But... As you well know, this, this Pentecost Sunday occurred right before camp started. Some camps were the next week, and people have been on the move. And, and camp is a very, very important part of the life of, of uh, Pentecostals. Very important part. And it's, it's a bad time to try to get any reports out of churches because the school is out and camp start. And vacations start, and a lot of our churches that we call, we don't get answers. Uh, I'm sure that if you called here, uh, 
recently, there's a possibility that you didn't get an answer. Now, <clears throat> this business of prophecy, uh, it just, it, it is amazing to me. I just, you know, you, you expect God to be accurate. Uh, there is, you know, God knows the past, the present, and the future. He knows everything, sees everything. So, but but it's just, it's so intriguing, isn't it? Just pick up your Bible and you just read some things. Uh, I have just, I have not done this in a long time, but I remember several years ago, before even before I became pastor here, I studied Matthew 13 and compared it to Joel, the second chapter, the years of restoration, and also to the Seven letters of the churches given to the churches in Asia that are found in Revelation 2 and 3. And when you really compare this and then you take history, church history, and you lay church history out, it is amazing how all this fits together. Uh, maybe in the near future I'll, I'll be able to just get into some Bible study about, about this prophecy. But uh, Matthew 13, <clears throat> Jesus gives seven parables all of which I feel compared to the seven churches of Asia are seven distinctive church ages. Brother Stevens made reference of this. Uh, I don't know of many people that have have been in the Bible that dispute this. See, Paul, not Paul, but John wrote seven letters to seven Asian churches, and those were existing churches. However, the conditions of each church and as they are dressed there, even in the order in which they are dressed, they fit seven distinctive church periods, times in which God was dealing and talking to man. Now, the first parable of Matthew 13 is is the parable of the sower. He went forth and he sowed seed everywhere. This talks about Jesus Christ. Actually, it's... It's prophecy of Jesus along with the first apostolic church. And then, of course, the second parable is the parable of the tares that were sowed among the wheat. This is the reason why this was necessary for the epistles to be given. Because the epistles deal with problems that cropped up as uh, time went on. And when the writers of the epistles... you know, wrote these letters back to these people or these churches. They they just pretty much dealt with the letters with the problems as they 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 came up. So the epistles are not outlined like you would outline a thesis or such. Just like a, a you know an informal letter you're writing. You may talk about something for a while, get on another subject, and then go back to that. That's the way that it was written. And we have a little activity going on over here on the front row. It's been going on for a while in church. Now, every last one of you are going to have to get up and go with your parents if you don't stop this talking and playing. Okay? Now, nobody shake your head no. I'll come off of this platform with this bad knee like a mad hornet. Now, you don't do that in the house of God. You hear? Period. That's true of anybody. That's acting up. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not mad, but I'd sure like to get mad right now. <clears throat> uh, 
Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Now just think about what I just did. Might happen to you if you talk. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on. <clears throat> Everybody laugh and have fun, including the, the people I was talking to. All right. <clears throat> We're going to have a great time here. And you know what? We're going to get touched of the Lord around this altar. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, <clears throat> the apostles gave us these letters. But we can see some monumental situations cropping up in the church. In other words, tares were sowed among the wheat. And you can't, you, you simply can't uproot all problems in a church. If you try to uproot all the problems in a church, you know, what's, you know what happens? You end up destroying and uprooting some very innocent, sincere individuals. Now, I know that we have people here that, <clears throat> you know, it doesn't make any difference. What would happen in the church? I mean, you're here and you're here for good. If this church, if this church literally just dried up where there was not a move of God, and, and you'd never seen anybody clap their hands or dance or sing or anything for years, there'd be some of you still sitting here looking and longing and hoping that day would come. But that's not true of a lot of people. And, and I'm not for sure that, that, that I would be one that could tolerate such. I remember one time pastoring, the church kind of got in a, what should I say, uh, just kind of a, a dry thing, you know. You just, you couldn't hardly move the people. And I was really pushing and struggling and pushing and struggling. And I had a I had a, a dream, kind of like a nightmare, you know. It's, it's just on my mind, you know. And uh, what I, I dreamed was that that uh, it was time for me to preach, but, but I was sitting in the back, so instead of coming to the pulpit, I just came right down to the altar I did a handspring, and I turned two or three flips in the air, and I landed right in the middle of the floor, and I just bust out laughing. I said, well, folks, if God's not going to move you with this preaching and such, at least let's smile and make this a friendly place so that when visitors come in, they don't think we're a bunch of soreheads. Well, I dreamed that. <clears throat> I shared it with the people. They didn't think it was so funny. <laughs> I told Sister Grant, she said, now, why would you dream? I said, I'll tell you the reason why I dreamed this, because I have really been struggling. I was going to church and praying and fasting and seeking God, and, and it just that you couldn't move the people. You know, <clears throat> like one sister said, I've been in the way for 40 years. <clears throat> and I said, well, please get out of the way then. <laughs> But you don't understand what I mean when she said she was in the way. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way. That wasn't the way she was in. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. But, but, but monumental problems cropped up. And there are some sincere people that if, that, you know, there are people that, 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 that they are sincere, they love God, but they're very, very vulnerable that the least little thing that, that crops up that's just, oh my, what are we going to do, you know? And, and, and so, I have not been one to rock the boat very much about anything. You know that. I'm just kind of a, you know, what do you, what do you say? Just, uh, well, let's don't say it. All right? <clears throat> I might get several different answers and I might get offended. You know, you know how, you know how that goes. But, but uh, <clears throat> at any rate, 
here we find that that tares were sowed among the wheat. And and you know why those tares were sowed sowed among the wheat? Because men slept. That's what the Bible says. They slept. In, in other words, if you lose your spiritual alertness, your spiritual perception, if you lose that, it's sure easy for the devil to come in with some seed and sow that seed before long. This is growing. You stay wide awake spiritually. Stay spiritually alert, ready to, you know, ready to take action against the devil. Uh, it's the best thing that you can do. Be vigilant. Be sober. For your adversary, the devil, guess what he does? He stalks like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we have a lot of lion-type conditions in our world today. I think Brother Johnson talked about this in one of his messages up at Kemp. Now, I'll tell you that Brother Johnson did some superb preaching. Oh, did he ever do some great preaching. But uh, we find that after the, the, the mystery of the tares among the wheat, the third mystery is the mystery of the grain of mustard seed. And, of course, the grain of mustard seed is talking about it's the least of all seeds, but when it's sowed in the field, it grows into the grace of all trees. And then the mystery of the leaven. Now, <clears throat> sometimes we think, oh, this is talking about that, that you know, you put the little seed there, it's going to grow into, the church is going to grow, become worldwide. Uh, that, that may be a good interpretation of what's going to happen in the last days, but the time in which this was was prophesied or the intent of it and putting it in a time frame it's talking about uh, the church of the dark age getting so big and then so corrupt see uh, that leaven leaven is is a type of sin a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump and then came in sin on a wholesale basis in the church. And, and people thought nothing about it. Just They just thought nothing about it. And then, of course, after that is the mystery of the, the hidden treasure of the field. In verse 44, Matthew 13, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and he buyeth that field. And this parable compares to the Reformation church, which would be Sardis, which is found in Revelation 3. Uh, the mystery of the leaven compares to the church of Thyatira, which covered a thousand year period of time. From about 500 A.D. into 1500 A.D. And this is where they had uh, the doctrine of Jezebel in practice. And the Bible says that she will go into great tribulation. Now, you have to understand one thing too about this prophecy. And that is that even though it's fulfilled, predominantly fulfilled in a particular time frame. That when we go into another time frame. That, that, that conditions present 
in that particular time frame can continue until the end of time. This is the reason why that Thyatira will go into great tribulation. Or, if you look in the Bible, you find this false church in the great tribulation period. It's when she's revealed. And then, of course, after that, we find the sixth mystery, the pearl of great price. And then, of course, we find the letter of the message to the true church, the professing Christian church of Philadelphia. And I believe that this is prophecy concerning the unfolding of biblical revelation concerning Jesus' name, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, in these last days. See, Joel prophesied that these, these, these different insects would come and that they would dis- destroy, they'd take it away. But then, Joel says, and of course there's a direct prophecy from God, I will restore. Now to restore in the sense in which this takes place, it simply means that God's going to make up, if you look, look this up, that he just won't just restore it back, but he's going to make up all those lost years. And if you read that prophecy, you find out that, that that's what he's talking about. He's going to... In other words, for everything that Satan took away through deception uh, or through laziness on the part of people or whatever caused it, there's going to be something that really takes place in the last days. And the last parable is mentioned, and that is the parable of the great dragnet. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathereth of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels and cast the bad away. And truthfully, we are living in that time of the great dragnet. In other words, the Holy Ghost has been cast out into a sea of humanity. And it is, at this present time, gathering of every kind. This is the reason why that you're seeing... So many different denominations, people across denominal boundaries receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I mean, it is really amazing how many people are being influenced by, by, by the Holy Ghost. I would say that if you left this church and you went to the nearest church and you worked, worked your way all the way to Middleton, and if you went in and you asked the people, how many here are spirit-filled? You'd be surprised when you explain what you're talking about, spirit-filled. I'm talking about you receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You'd be surprised how many people you would find that are spirit-filled. Now, I think that's just fantastic. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody that's spirit-filled, everyone that, that comes under the influence of the dragnet or that's caught in it, that they're going to be saved. That's explained. They, they will not all be saved. But nevertheless, they won't be saved unless the net catches them. <clears throat> they won't be saved unless the net reaches out and gets a hold of them. And, and, and the net will not be drawn in until the net is full. That's what the Bible says. In other words, God wants a full net. Now, 
<clears throat> there are other ways of putting it. If you look in Luke 14, you find the parable of the great supper. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. He sent his servant at supper time to come to them that were bidden. Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go see it. I pray thee have me excused. The other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. The other said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. In other words, <coughs> there are a lot of people in our present day who are just simply making excuses for not being involved. But God wants involvement. He wants us in the house of God. He wants us here. He wants to be, us to be punctual. He wants us to be diligent to the task and the service. I'd say a lot of you who come in late, leave early, never pray at the altar, never go in the prayer room, that if there was some kind of a Christian concert here in town, you'd be right on time, uh, especially if it was like a $25 ticket, because you'd know it would be real important. So you'd go. People go sit in lines for days, you know, for, for some of the, not Christian concerts, but some of these rock concerts. I mean, they, they, they really do. And in fact, they sit there so long that they, they can't sit much longer. And then what happens is that uh, somebody comes and takes their place. And, and they take a little break and, and they come back and get back in line. They just wait there. Got to get in on the start of it. It's that way like the Super Bowl. You know, they play the Super Bowl and people just go crazy. 70, 80,000 people go all the way across the United States of America. Are you fans of this ball team? It's irrelevant now. This is the Super Bowl. And you have to be in there for the kickoff. <laughs> now, <clears throat> God wants us to be excited about what's taking place. And, and he wants us to just be committed to the task, you know, with, with, without reservations, with, without excuse, maybe I should say. But see, when these people begin to make excuses, as I cannot come, the Bible says that, that the, the, the Lord of that supper was very upset. You know. Now, Brother Grant may occasionally stop and chew somebody out, and it sounds bad, <clears throat> but you don't want God to get upset with you. I know. Like Brother Johnson said, I'm just a big teddy bear anyway, you know. I can't believe he said that. <clears throat> and he said, please don't start calling Brother Grant Winnie the Pooh. <clears throat> Would you believe I got up the next morning and somebody... On a computer, had run off a great big teddy bear. Was it somebody here? You you wouldn't confess, would you? Does anybody here know? Chris, do you know who did that? You know? Jennifer, do you know anything about that? Oh, she's not saying. Stephanie, I'm at. I, I'm sorry. I said Jennifer. 
You don't know. You don't know anything about. It. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see. I, I got to look around here. You know, Ted and Carla. You know anything about that? All right. <clears throat> you weren't there. We'll pick this up later. But somebody had this big teddy bear, and what it said was, "Brother and Sister Grant, we love you." It was so nice. You know, but the thing about it is <clears throat> to make God upset. There's one thing that you want to do. If you want to acquire blessing, you must stay on God's good side. Now, God is not one to just turn around and take action quickly. He really isn't. Because God does not take quick action, a lot of people feel that it doesn't mean that much to God. But it does mean a lot to God. So, the Bible says that that the Lord then said, Go out in the streets... And the lanes and the city and bringing hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. The Lord said unto the servant, Go out of the highways and the hedges and compel them to come, that my house may be full or filled. See, God not only wants a full net, but in this case, he wants a full house. Praise God. It's just great, isn't it, to come in the house of the Lord and see this house full. Now, I know that he's, he's talking about a spiritual house, a house that's not built by hands. But nevertheless, that's what God is looking for. And we talk about the halt and, and, and the maimed and such. I, I just, uh, uh, <clears throat> I was handed this uh, from Brother Cunningham. He said, you can't believe uh, when he got on the internet or whatever he's on, on his computer, he found this message, and it's it, you know, it had, it was just on the computer. It had nothing to do with, with us putting it on there. It's it's dated July 6, 1995. It said the following excerpt is from a speech made by President Bill Clinton on July 6, 1995, at Georgetown University. Now this is. For the most part, and I don't want to sound offensive, it's quite ungodly and very liberal. But it has to do with responsible citizenship. In this speech, he made several complimentary remarks about the United Pentecostal Church. Now, this is July 6th. All right. This is a direct quote. It is taken from the Capitol Hill notes. Here is the excerpt. People who feel so strongly about one of the most contentious issues of our society... Abortion ought to look at the United Pentecostal Church. They'll adopt any child born, no matter what race, no matter how disabled, no matter what their problems are. This is a positive, constructive outlet for people who are worried about every problem in this country if they will go and seek it out. And there is nothing the rest of us can do that will replace this Kind of energy. Praise God. In other words, go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them. Who? The halt, the maimed, the blind, the lame, all of those. Those that nobody else wants. Bring them into my house. Because let me tell you something, there's going to be a real restoration. 
There's, there will be real redemption. Praise God, praise God, praise God. When the Lord changes us from mortal to immortal in the holy city, there will not be any infirmities. Praise God. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then we look at what James had to say in James 5, 7. He, he, he instructs us to be patient. <clears throat> that, that, that the Lord is, is definitely coming back. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. And what he's saying is there must be a full harvest. And sometimes, you know, we, we just, we, we become impatient about things. Now, for the most part, I think we could say that all of us would want the Lord to wait a little bit longer. But, but sometimes in frustration, you know, you, you preach the coming of the Lord. You preach the coming of the Lord. You preach the coming of the Lord. After a while, He doesn't come. And, and you just say, well, I, I don't I just keep preaching this. I've preached it for, for years. I've even heard some saints say, well, I've heard this since I was a child. And, and preachers just get up and try to scare everybody about the coming of the Lord. Now, the inference is that there's no need for that. He hasn't come. Is he really going to come? James says, now don't get frustrated. You better be patient. See, he will come in an hour that you think not. But the Lord is waiting. He's waiting because he must have a full net. He must have a full house. He must have a full harvest. John 4.35, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto thee, lift up thine eyes. And look upon the fields, for they're white, all ready to harvest. Luke 10, verse 2, also tells us that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. Now, we have lived to see the hour in which... The United Pentecostal Church has come from a back roads, should I say, across the track group to a, a, a very powerful force in this world that even in politics they feel that they have to reckon with. Politicians do. I just came back from, uh, from Mississippi and, and I was amazed. I have never seen so many politicians at one camp. We... we Probably had a total of 50 to 75. Someone repeated, we had, we had one man that was there every night. And we had the governor, the lieutenant governor. We had a Supreme Court justice, and his wife was the governor's wife was there. I, I made uh, mention of this. The, the governor's wife, the governor made... The governor made this, said this in a speech when we were trying to get Bibles in Russia... And, and we didn't have enough money to get Bibles in Russia. And I did not know that uh, the first lady of Mississippi was responsible. She went throughout Mississippi to churches and raised money so that we could send 10,000 Bibles over. And, and the, the figure that's in my mind that, that's kind of stuck there is like twenty-five to 
forty thousand dollars. In that, you know, that's I know that's a broad range, but I don't know if she said two dollars and fifty cents a Bible that we got in printed for at headquarters, or it was four dollars a Bible. But she raised that money, <clears throat> and she gave it to our group and to our missionaries to, to take it over. And, and, and I was just amazed when I talked with, with some of these people. Now, you know, here we got 5,000 people. And we got the governor, we, got, we have the Supreme Court Justice, and, and the Supreme Court Justice wife was there, and she brought her tennis shoes. I, I saw this this morning. She brought those tennis shoes. Now, this lady, I mean, if you saw her, I mean, she was, I, I, I don't want to say that, you know, that, well, you, you could tell, you know, she, she thought a lot of herself. <laughs> you could just tell the way she acted, you know. And she was really made up. And she had her hair dyed just kind of a, a platinum blonde. and Oh, nothing wrong with blonde hair, you know. Yeah. But, you know, you could tell that this, you know. And, and But when she talked with me, she said, Oh, Brother Grant, she said, I was in prayer in ho- at home and I felt like running. But she said, I, I just I couldn't get up enough faith. I couldn't. And she said, you know, we don't, we, don't, uh, we don't run in our church. And the Lord told me, he said, now you're going to the Mississippi camp on Thursday night. And you take your tennis shoes, your jogging shoes. See, she had hurt her back. And she was been walking around like this. So she comes in there walking around like that. And would you believe when the Spirit of the Lord came down and touched her, you know what she did? She slipped her shoes off and she put those tennis shoes on and she took out running. And she ran and she ran and she ran. <clears throat> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. She came up to me. She said, I have never felt so good in all my life. She said, I'm claiming my healing, Brother Grant. She said, I'm not going to say that I'm not having a little pain. I want to, I'm a, but she said, I can tell you this. She said, I could hardly walk, and now I'm running. She said, you know, we just don't run in our church. We, we, need, a, we need a spirit like this. One man told me, he said, <clears throat> I don't know what position this man held, but he said, we came last year. And I'm here to tell you, I uh, <clears throat> uh, can't remember the name of the preacher that preached. Uh, it'll come to me in just a, uh, a second. But at any rate, he said, I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord came down, and this brother preached, and he 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 preached. And he said, there was a choir that sung. And after he finished preaching, the choir sung. And said, I brought my, my little boy with me. He said, <laughs> My, my little boy, he was so tired. We got in the car and we started leaving. And I said, I, I told my little boy, I said, you know what I found out tonight? He said, what? He said, Presbyterians can't sing. They go to the Presbyterian church. He just told me this in front of all the church. Presbyterians can't sing. So my little boy said, yeah, you're right, Dan. We went on down the road for a little ways. He wasn't saying a word. All of a sudden he turned around he looked at me and said, you know what else I found out tonight? He said, I asked my little boy, what's that? He said, Presbyterians can't preach either. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> he, he, he told that in front of a, 
a, a good-sized group, you know. Just, you know, it's, you know what the governor said? He said, the thing about it is, he said, we, we want to come and we want to be supportive of the Pentecostals in Mississippi. We only have 190 churches in Mississippi. Now, Mississippi is a little bit smaller in population than Wisconsin, but pretty, pretty close. But the thing about it, he said, you know, we have to represent the Pentecostals. If there's one person in the Pentecostal church that votes against me, every last one of them will vote against me. He said, that's how you folks stick together. <clears throat> and Brother Travis is talking about it. He said, yeah, somebody introduced a bill that had to do with something taking place in the in the public school, and also it should take place in the Christian school and home school. And Brother Travis says, I saw it in the paper. I called the governor up and said, we can't live with this. He said, well, come down here. He said, I went down uh, to uh, his residence, and and uh, we sat there, and, and he took me over then to the Capitol, and I met with several ranking lawmaking officials and said, we can't, Pentecostals can't live with this. And and you know what they they, 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 they said? said, well, what can you live with? He said, well, we can't live with this. And, and Brother Travis said that, that the governor told him, said, well, we will drop this right now. And, of course, the other men agreed. And you, you write up a bill, and we will pass it. <clears throat> can you believe that? Oh, hallelujah. And Brother Travis, Brother Travis said... I didn't know where to begin, but I knew an attorney in Washington, D.C., who was a very conservative man. I flew out there. I told him what we wanted. He drew up the bill. We brought it back. We worked a little bit on it. We took it down there, and we presented it, and we said, uh, we want, gentlemen, we want this passed without any amendments. And would you believe that the Senate, with only about a three-minute debate, and they told where it came from, and the House, with no debate at all, passed it without any amendments, and the governor signed it into effect, giving Christian schools in Mississippi just a pretty much a free reign to, to do what they want to as far as education is concerned. Oh, hallelujah. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> Pentecost is, is not just that little church across the tracks that, that people used to look upon, you know, as the off-scouring of the earth. You know, I'm serious with you. You young people, listen to me. You're very, very fortunate to have an affiliation with a church like Calvary Gospel Church. I'm serious. And you should never be ashamed of it. I say you should never be ashamed of it. <clears throat> I know that I don't agree with everything that Bill Clinton has done, and, and I'm sure that you don't. And, and, and truthfully, I did not vote for Mr. Clinton and... And if we had the election tomorrow, I probably wouldn't vote for him then. Because I have, I have a difficult time determining just where he stands, where his basic philosophy of life is and such. 
But, but I do know this, that we have never had a president that knows more about the truth than Bill Clinton. Year after year after year, he went to the Arkansas district camp. He sat on the platform, service after service after service. The year before Bill Clinton was elected president of the United States, Brother Cisco took him out for lunch and sat and talked with him. And he said, Brother Grant, at the time, I, I just never, I never dreamed that I'd be, I was talking to the future president. You know, we, we sat there and, and we ate soup and we talked, you know, and, 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 and of course, him being a Democrat and, and, and very, very conservative at that time. And I asked him, how, you're, you're conservative, you're not like the other Democrats. And he said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I know what I believe, and I know what our church stands for. And he said, I owe it to God. Now, now things have changed somewhat. You know that. But I do know that when the inauguration was held, that they invited Brother Sister Mangan's choir from Alexander to come and sing at the inauguration. And, uh, in fact, I have that on tape, on a video. And uh, Bill Clinton just sat there and cried and cried and cried. He said, Mickey Mangan is my very favorite. She is my favorite of all singers. Of course, the association with Arkansas with the Mangans is that that uh, Mickey Mangan is Brother Lumpkin, the superintendent of Arkansas's daughter. And Bill and Hillary Clinton, along with their daughter, have spent evenings all night, overnight stays, in Brother Anthony Mangan's home in Alexandria. And even now, their daughter Chelsea flies into Alexandria and spends time with Brother Mangan's daughter. Now, I, I did not know this until the, the governor was addressing our our camp, and he said, you know, I'm just hoping that, that Brother Anthony Mangan will be able to get through to Bill Clinton. And he said, you know, it was reported in the Washington Post, I think it was, and Brother Mangan's been flying twice a week to Washington and jogging with the president. And the Washington Post reported, we can always tell when it's Reverend Mangan because when they step out of the White House, they both bow their heads and spend a season in prayer. And when they return, they stop and they pray. I think if we've ever prayed for a president, these are very crucial hours. If we've ever prayed for the Mangans, we need to do that now. You know, we really do. We need to call on their name because if they have any influence for the sake of our liberal America. But then when you go beyond where the church is touching in the high places and you go to some of the poor areas of the world. You know, last year, Brother Crowder was down in in New Guinea, Papua New Guinea. And uh, I think he was, he had a goal of a thousand souls. He went just in, what was it, 13 services he held there 
No revival service, just local church service. Had almost 500 people to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Brother Cole went there and, and preached a crusade. 4,500 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In El Salvador, Brother Cole went there three years ago. 3,000 people received the Holy Ghost. Two years ago, Brother Urshan went there, 3,500. And this year, close to 40, 4,500 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I just talked with Brother Chester Wright yesterday on the phone. While I was gone, he called, and I returned his call, and he said, Brother Grant, we've got something that's really exciting taking place in Zambia. He said, I went over there, and just a simple little crusade that they were having in one city. He said, when I got there, I never saw so many hungry souls in my life. He said, it was not a big group, but it was a fairly large group when you consider the people who were not filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, I preached there that night, and 450 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, on, on Pentecost Sunday this year in Houston, Texas, the churches had a joint effort there, and they rented a large, large Coliseum-type you know, building. They had about 15,000 people in attendance. 693 people received the Holy Ghost in that service. I'm telling you, the Lord is restoring truth to the planet Earth. Yes, He is. Oh, yes, He is. Brother Chester Wright says, I have to go back. August the 2nd for another crusade. I challenged the people there. I just got a call from our missionary. And he said, did you know that our people did exactly what they've been doing in Ethiopia? They went back to their churches and they went into their cities. Separate and apart from my own people who will have, that you have coming. The missionary called and said, you, go, you better rake up $45,000. Because they have 4,500 names of unsaved people who are coming to this crusade. And Brother, Brother Wright and, and also the missionary there, and truthfully he didn't tell me who the missionary was, and I, I failed to look it up. I should have. But this is what he said. This revival, this crusade in Zambia, has all the possibilities of becoming equivalent to the crusade in Ethiopia. Can you believe that? In Ethiopia, in the last four years, over 200,000 people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's in crusades alone. That's four services only. In the history of the church, there has never been that many people Filled with the Holy Ghost on this planet Earth. Never. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, one writer said this. 
There have been more people in four crusades in Ethiopia, four days, received the Holy Ghost than what we feel took place in the entire book of Acts. And it's happened in four days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 I thought back. It's only been now one of the fourth year that I sat in a missions conference. Brother Sism was saying, you know, we feel that when all the statistics come in, we're going to be just short of one million constituents in the United Pentecostal Church. Three years later, when we took the tally, we went two million two hundred thousand. A little less than three years, over a million two hundred thousand people were added. I will restore. And let me tell you something. I mean this. I believe this. We had Brother Hollis here. We had 67 people receive the Holy Ghost. I think we need to build on that. And we need to keep pushing. (laughs) I believe that with all my heart. I really believe, and I'm not to say that that means nothing, because every soul means more than this planet Earth. And everything in it. Well, what would it profit a man if he gave the whole world and lost his soul? But I think that's just a drop in the bucket of what God's going to do in Madison, Wisconsin. I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I will restore. You know the way I look at that? We live in a very liberalistic community. But all the years in which the liberalistic thinking and the anti-God thinking has robbed the church of victory. I believe that if we are faithful, God will compensate right here in Madison, right here in Wisconsin, in Madison. I believe that, Brother Thomas. Brother Thomas has a desire to go down to Stoughton and start a church. But we're going to have men all over Dane County starting churches. Before Jesus Christ comes back. I believe that with all my heart. Oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. When God said I will restore. You mark it down brothers and sisters. He will do just that thing. Oh. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Let's stand to our feet right now. Oh, hallelujah. This is, this is no day for you to become complacent. It's not the time nor the hour in which you should forget about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> the impetus that should drive your soul to an altar to make you weep and cry in the middle of the night, to send you to pre-service prayer meetings and prayer meetings called on special nights. Let, let me tell you something. <laughs> let God talk to you and let God's Holy Spirit drive you. Let Him push you. Don't resist. Don't resist the calling of God in your life. Savior, my Lord, and my Savior, my Lord, and my Savior. Oh, thank you, God. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Lord. That's it. Right where you are right now. Let's just seek God. This is not the hour to become discouraged. It's not the hour to become materialistic minded. It's not the hour to become complacent. This is the hour to shake yourself. This is the hour to arouse yourself. This is the moment in the history of the church in which you need to be more concerned than ever before. To pray for your relatives, for your friends, for your own family members. It's the hour to witness. 
The laborers are few, but the harvest is plenteous. His house must be full. The net must be full. The harvest must be full. For he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it. Right where you are, just seek the Lord. If there's anybody that needs the Holy Ghost, right where you are right now, why don't you lift your hands? We'd like our altar captains to just look around for someone that's praying for the Holy Ghost. Go to them. Get others to go to them. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love you, God. I worship you, God. I praise you, God. I magnify your name, Lord. That's it. Reach out. All over the building, let's reach out to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you're weary and well-doing, why don't you drink from the pure, refreshing springs of God's Holy Spirit tonight? If you're laden down with some kind of particular sickness or whatever, why don't you just reach out to God like never before? If some kind of a a habit has you bound, why don't you reach out to God? Now people are coming to the altar, and the altar's open now if you want to come. Come on right now, but let's give our life, let's give our heart to the Lord. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. Lord, you're coming back soon. You're dealing with people all over this planet earth. You're calling them. Oh God, from the highways and the hedges. The poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. Oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it. Just reach out to the Lord. Reach out to the Lord. Reach out to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, 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 Lord. Oh, yes, He's coming back, like He said. Jesus is coming back, just like He said. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Savior. I thank you, Savior. I thank you, Savior. I thank you, Savior.